Gracious Lord, as we gather together in joy, celebrating your presence, celebrating your death and resurrection, Lord, we also recognize that uh, many of us come in with uh, some heavy burdens. And so, Lord, we, we do as you invited us to do, and that is to bring those burdens to you and lay them at your feet. So, Lord, we pray for those in our lives who are sick and struggling with health issues. Lord, we ask you to reach your hand of healing into their lives. For those who are struggling with emotional issues as well, Lord, we pray for your healing and your comfort upon them. Those who are struggling with, <clears throat> with loss, Lord, we ask you to comfort them in their grief as we come alongside them as well. And Lord, we pray for, uh, our, for those in our lives who don't know you and ask you, for, Lord, for, to, for, for your Holy Spirit to reach into their lives and bring them to that place where they commit their lives to you. And Lord, we pray for uh, Christian brothers and sisters around the world who suffer under persecution, even as we sit here on a beautiful Sunday morning and worship you in comfort. So many Christians around the world, so many more brothers and sisters are struggling with persecution. And so, Lord, we remember them and ask for your mercy and strength upon them. Lord, we pray for our missionaries as uh, they go out and are building your kingdom and in oftentimes in very dark parts of the world. Some are in prison today. Others are simply suffering other types of persecution. And so, Lord, we ask for your mercy and we ask for your boldness as they continue to preach the gospel wherever they are. And we ask that for all of our brothers and sisters around the world. Lord, we pray for our nation and our national leaders and ask you for wisdom upon them. Lord, we pray for our military men and women and ask for your mercy and your grace upon them. Lord, what a joy it is to bring these prayer requests to you, knowing that indeed you hear our prayers and are at work in those prayers. And Lord, we pray this morning also as you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We, uh, let's now continue to worship our Lord with our tithes and offerings. let us worship our king come let us bow at his feet he has done great things see what our savior has done see how his love overcomes 
He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain, oh God. You have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God, unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things you've done great things oh hero of heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive and break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awake and alive oh jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things you have done great things oh god you do great things worship team. All right. Um, I'm going to invite you to stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word. We're going to be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. If 
2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. Paul, Sil- Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all you have for one another is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All this is evidence that God's judgment is right, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They'll be punished with eternal destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. On the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. And that's all a prequel to what I'm going to be preaching mostly on, these verses. With this mind, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling, and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, even as you are present by your Holy Spirit here among us, you were present in power in the writing of these words in the life of Paul. And so, Lord, we pray that you will write these words on our hearts that you will embed them into our very being, and that we will be transformed because of your Holy Spirit's presence here this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the new Sunday school teacher was struggling to open a combination lock on the supply cabinet. She'd been told that the combination, but couldn't quite remember it. Finally, she went to the pastor's study, and she asked for help. The pastor came and into the room and began to turn the dial. After the first two numbers, he paused. He stared blankly for a moment. Finally, he looked serenely heavenward, and his lips began to move silently. Then he looked back at the lock and quickly turned the final number and opened the lock. The teacher was amazed. She said, Pastor, I'm in awe at your prayer life and your faith. It's really nothing, he answered. The number is on a piece of tape on the ceiling. (laughs) As you imagine, I'll be talking about prayer. In fact, I'll be uh, doing a series of uh, eight-week series on prayer here as uh, we kick things off in my interim during this interim time and in my interim ministry. So uh, I I would like the focus to be prayer as we look for the Lord's strengthening here at Parkway. Now, uh, I'll begin with an apology. This is not the normal way I preach. I tend to preach through whole books, uh, but I won't be doing that. Uh, In fact, I'll be focusing first on some of Paul's prayers, and then we'll move from there. But uh, 
I will be giving you the context of the passages as we look at them, so it won't be wholly different than what I'm used to preaching. Now, most Christians would say that prayer is of vital importance. But when we look at how we live it out, it seems that we don't live that out. It seems to be of little importance. For some, it's a mere ritual, something to repeat on Sunday morning and sometimes even before meals. For others, it's a uh, desperate utterance when life gets difficult, when life gets difficult for maybe someone else even, and we're asked to pray for them. That's when we seem to go to prayer. Is that all that there is to prayer? Let me suggest that prayer, along with studying God's Word, is at the heart of the practice of our relationship with the living God. You see, prayer is continuing a conversation that God has started through His Word and through the grace we have in Christ Jesus, which will eventually come to full uh, encounter with Him. Let me uh, suggest also that the encouragement, strength, and power that we receive in prayer has nothing to do with our effort, our striving, or in any of our techniques, but rather it comes from a lived-out relationship with the living God. Dr. Donald Whitney put it this way, of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer is second only to the intake of God's Word and importance. Prayer is second in importance because it relies on our knowledge of God, which comes from reading His Word. Without engagement with Scripture, our prayers are lacking. It's like having a phone conversation in which the other person can hear us, but we can't hear them. So the quality of our prayer life is a reflection of the relationship we have with God. It uh, reflects our grasping of His grace and love. For us. Now, if I were to ask you what is the most important need and problem in our modern churches, I'd probably get all kinds of answers. Some might tell me that it's a lack of sexual purity among Christians, or others might tell me it's a lack of personal morality in general. Others might tell me that the greatest need is, a, is that we have a lack of generosity and giving because we in the Western world live in such great luxury. Others will tell me that the greatest problem is a lack of biblical knowledge and poor theology. But let me suggest that all these problems are symptoms of a deeper problem. That we have somehow lost our passionate desire to know God on a deeper level. We are more interested in pursuing the blessings of God without a relationship with God. Our prayer lives often reflect this we tend to spend the majority of our time in prayer asking for things from God. Now, I'd like you to invite you to your sermon notes, which uh, are going to be in the middle of your bulletin, and they'll uh, hopefully be there every week. I hope it'll provide you a resource to remember and maybe uh, help put into practice some of the things that uh, the Lord is guiding us to learn. The first blank in your notes is communication. Prayer as healthy communication with the one with whom we have the most important relationship. Now let me uh, begin by saying that I hope you understand that I'm not attempting to make anyone guilty. That's never the purposes of my sermons. 
but rather what I'm trying to do is awaken within each of us a renewed passion to draw close to the one who knows you completely and loves you perfectly. So uh, let me just uh, start by giving you an example of uh, what my prayer life has sometimes looked like. And I bet some of you have experienced a quiet prayer time like something like this. Dear Lord Jesus, what a joy it is to come to you in prayer because of your amazing grace. I wonder if I left that stove on. I pray that you watch over my family. You know, I wonder if my friend Andrew was able to get his car fixed. Lord, please be with that missionary family that visited the church last Sunday. Boy, that was a bad sermon last Sunday. I thought the pastor would never stop. Lord, I ask you to help Janet feel better. Oh no, I almost forgot to go get the milk for tomorrow. I think we've all been in that place before. Let me, let me just see a show of hands. Okay, I'm just looking for how many people are honest. Okay, all right, okay. Life's distractions often get in the way. They intrude into our best desires to spend time with the Lord in prayer. So before we get into the meat of learning from Paul's pattern of prayer as given to us in, his inerrant, in God's inerrant word, I'd like to suggest some thoughts for helping our minds from wandering. So point two on your outline is this. Use a prayer journal to minimize distractions. Considering using either a digital or a physical journal to write down your prayers and to reflect on the scripture that you've just read and you're studying. Journaling has really given many this, the ability to really focus in prayer and not experience so many of those distractions. And it allows the Lord to guide and lead you in prayer. Okay? Point three on your outline is consider finding a prayer partner. I hope you'll even consider doing so immediately after the service today. Someone that you can encourage you in prayer, in your prayer life with the Lord, and would also join you in prayer, either in person or over the phone or some other digital communication form. There's an important key in prayer, and this is point four. Just as in any relationship, there needs to be variety in our communication with God. It's that way with Christ Jesus. We should never spend time, we should spend time in adoration and worship, recognizing through Scripture who our triune God is and what He's like, adoring Him for His bountiful grace toward us and toward others. You might consider doing this through singing. You can find lots of free online resources of hymns and spiritual songs. You know, remember the Psalms, the prayer book of the Old Testament, were sung. Secondly, also spend time coming to the Lord with our confessions, recognizing where in our lives and in the life of our community the places are where we need to, uh, to repent. We should also spend time bringing others, the needs of others, in our prayer requests before the Lord. And that's what we'll be focusing on today, later on. But if you were uh, to go into a marriage counselor and, uh, or a relationship counselor, one of the things that would uh, immediately be brought up is your communication with each other. And the counselor would talk to you about working at communication. 
So the next point on your outline is the word important. If your relationship with God is truly important to you, then you should put time and effort into making it healthy. And when you do, you'll find that it's you that benefits many times over in your character and in your own sense of who you are in Jesus Christ. Finally, let God's Word reform your praying. Let it be like a two-edged sword. Let our prayer lives be reformed and always reforming according to the Word of the Lord. Let God's Word guide you and strengthen you in your times of prayer. Let it lead you to times of confession and repentance. Let it lead you to times of adoration as the Holy Spirit works in your life through His Word. So let's do that. Let's turn to our passage in 1 Thessalonians this morning and see what we learn from this prayer of Paul found here at the end. Let's let God's Word begin to reform our prayer lives. 